Hello and welcome to IEEE Soft Robotics Podcast. In this podcast, we are going to interview researchers from Pulse Academia and Industry about their work, thoughts, spectrum, and more beyond that. This is Marwa Edwini, and I hope you will find this podcast useful. If you would like to connect with us, simply send us, and we will be happy to hear from you. And here is my interview. Thanks. Hello and welcome to IEEE Software Podcast. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Cosimo della Santina. I am starting now as an assistant professor at the uh, uh, University of, of Delft and together with uh, the DLR, German Aerospace Center. Uh, yeah, I am, I am now moving uh, from, uh, from I'm currently working at DLR as a postdoc researcher. Mm-hmm. Congratulations and, and thank you for joining us in the podcast. So <laughs> I would like to go first to when you were a child. Do you have any memories that triggers your interest where you are today in science or technology if, when you were a child? Yeah, uh, it's strange because uh, when, when I was chi- a, a child, I was uh, super inspired by two figures that were my father and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather from my mother's side. Uh, the, the first one, he's a civil uh, engineer, so I didn't understand exactly what that meant. But uh, for me, it was like I want I want to be an engineer when when I will grow up because I want to be like my dad. And uh, the other one was my grandfather, who uh, used to, uh, I mean, he just liked to do all the small works uh, in the house. Uh, I mean, was that kind of person. And uh, uh, I I was a lot with him when I was young, Mm -hmm. because my my parents uh, used to work and um, and he was always teaching me all the uh, electronic stuff, uh, just uh, mechanical things, small things. So that that, that that was the beginning of my childhood. But I have to say that after that, I became uh, completely disinterested, not interested in any kind of uh, of thing that was uh, engineer related until mm-hmm. I I was eighteen or something like that. That's interesting. That's an interesting story. So, um, if I ask you later, what was the first robot you built and what was the feeling you had when you built your first robot? Uh, yeah, the, the first robot that I built was the, uh, the Robotic Hands Soften 2, PCIT Soften 2. Uh, actually, the, the first version, which is the PCT 10 Plus. Um, I, I, I mean, this this is actually part of, of, of the previous story. I, I, I didn't want to, to go into robotics. I mm-hmm. didn't expect uh, uh, to go into the robotics, and I didn't expect to love so much robotics before starting doing it. Mm-hmm. So my, I started my bachelor wanting to work uh, as a sound engineer then i discovered that i liked math and so i started to do to go more and more into the theoretical stuff mm-hmm. and then in the phd i said uh, let's let's try this out so it was for me uh, a quite uh, quite strange uh, feeling to really build something with my hands of course with the help of uh, of my co co-authors that were much more skilled than me in, uh, in actually designing things, and uh, so it was from a theory guy. It was it was quite uh, an adventure to, to to build my my first systems. Yeah, I think that's interesting for many students because I think that's point very important point you said. There are many students struggling to find what they are interested in. They are maybe in bachelor degree, but they feel lost what they want to do after bachelor, which field they have to be specialized in. And if I ask you for this point, because I think it's very important, what do you think the best advice for this, in this regard you can give to students that feel lost and don't want where we have to go? I don't know which direction I have to take. If there is a small advice you can give in here. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, that's that, that, that's another question. Uh, I, based on my experience, what I would would say is that uh, uh, do not despair. Have uh, hope for the future because uh, because when when then you start living and you start taking the decision, very often they comes out to be the the, the right decision because just because. Uh, uh, you with your vision and your stuff, you make the thing uh, that you are doing yours, no matter of uh, what the thing is, and, and that becomes uh, the, the new thing that you like. So it's uh, I, I, I think that uh, when one has to move from the bachelor, has a lot of stress to say, oh, if I pick the wrong thing, what is, what is going uh, it's, what is going to happen? I, I will waste, uh, I don't know, a lot of time, or I will start uh, a career then that I will discover that I don't like. But I really, I really don't think that that's 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 the case. It's 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 very hard to, for for things to go wrong because uh, because uh, because many times it's just the way in which you see the world and you see this new thing is not really the thing itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. So going back to robotics, now you're, you, you're specialized in the field, so I would like to ask you first how you would define soft robotics from your experience you had? That first question. That's another tricky question in, a, in another manner. So uh, as, as, as you probably know, the term of soft robotics was first uh, introduced uh, for referring to uh, robots with uh, rigid, uh, rigid body, but some kind of elasticity at uh, at, the, at the joint level, and uh, so more inspired by vertebrate uh, animals. Mm -hmm. uh, there is, for example, this this famous paper by my current advisor Alain Albuchafer on the Robotic Automation magazine, which has, it, as far as I know, is the first one uh, with the name "soft robotics" in the title. But later, um, more, more recently, we are we are referring to soft soft robotics as stuff more inspired by uh, the invertebrate part of the animal kingdom, which I think makes very much sense. In my in, in my point of view, both views are 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 interesting and both make sense because in the end, what you really want to study is what happens when you start to put softness compliance uh, uh, stuff that deforms and uh, and and store energy in your mm. in your robots so it's it's i think it's really a spectrum that goes from uh, rigid body but elasticity in the joint to completely soft and deformable body mm -hmm. that's so interesting especially storing energy and i would like to go back to this point again but i would like to ask you first what do you think the most important question you have to consider while working in soft robotics field? And maybe we are the not answering it. Yeah, most important question that we have to fully consider. And maybe we are not focusing right moment in our field. You're saying that we have to focus on yeah. this question. Okay, so, so my... This is a kind of obsession for me and uh, that's, that's the, the control problem in, in soft robotics. In in, and more specifically in this, let's say, new kind of soft robotics, the continuum one. And uh, so this has been the topic of my research for the last few years now. Uh, and and I, I, I really think that this, this is one of the main grand challenges that we have in front of us as a, as a soft robotics community, because because we have now plenty of cool soft robots that have uh, super nice and super interesting uh, uh, properties, mechanical properties that are built using uh, very cool fabrication techniques. But I don't see enough uh, effort in then how you bring this robot to actually do things. And the way in which you do that is by control, by, it's by giving a brain to these soft bodies. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point as well, yeah. And if I ask you for the energy, what is your take about the energy for soft robotics? Since energy is the bottleneck, so what do you think may be limitation we have in terms of the energy for soft robotics? If you can tell us. Yeah, and, and energy is a, is a bottleneck for 
when you want, for example, when you want to to use energy to actuate mm. uh, stuff or, or whatever. But uh, soft robots of both kinds brings into the picture another dimension, which is uh, very exciting, which is the possibility of store energy into the softness into the elastic elements. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you see it in in the in nature in animals in all kind of examples. Uh, uh, I mean, w one simple one is if you think of a frog uh, jumping, uh, all, all the all the, the 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 behavior there is completely driven by the elasticity of the tendons and of the muscles, the ability of the of the frog to store energy to it. Mm. Uh, but but you have plenty of examples, locomotions or, or whatever. So you can, uh, from, from a theoretical point of view, what, what you have, thanks to, to softness and to elasticity, is are two forces uh, that, that balance each other and that you can use to, to, to do cool stuff, uh, like uh, super efficient oscillations. And these two forces are the inertia forces that you have also in standard uh, rigid robots and uh, elastic forces, so a potential field that you can shape uh, in such a way that, that, that you can put inside it the energy when you want to put it inside it and then release it to, to either do explosive motion or to do efficient motions or, or etc. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So if I ask you I'm curious to ask you what do you think the maybe the most inspiring living creature from your perspective? Something you think that's very fascinating in nature. Oh yeah, that's that that, that would be a I don't know, that's that's easy. Humans. Human, okay. <laughs> yes. You humans I mean uh I mean first of all from the cognitive and brain point of view of course there is there is a, a lot a lot to see but also if if you look at at at, at the body this is actually true for for all uh, for all uh, vertebrate animals we, we we have a combination of uh, of continuums of elements and rigid elements and uh, elastic elements and uh, all together and uh, that allow us to to perform uh, a crazy amount of different uh, uh, of different tasks. I mean, what 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 I found find us astonishing about humans is the capability of uh, performing a vast range of of tasks by learning them, of course. But it's 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 our body that allows us to mm -hmm. to do that, while ma many other animals are more specialized. Yeah, I think that's a very inspiring point and interesting point because when you you say the brain and the body, or each of us are a complement. But I think when you look to the animal, we have really maybe intelligence sometimes exhibit intelligent behavior than human being, but they don't have the body to do the task. And that's interesting. That's how they work: the body and the brain. Yeah. yeah. So. If I ask you now, you you uh, starting your lab very soon. What is the most uh, important direction you think you have to focus on uh, in your field and your in your lab, regards of robotics? What will be the focus for research? So uh, I am I am broadly very interested in the generation of intelligence in soft uh, in soft bodies, mm. and this uh, this means the the two things that that you just said. It means to being able to uh, develop artificial brains, so controllers that exploit the body, uh, the capabilities of the bodies. But on the other hand, it means developing a, a language and a set of techniques to describe the intelligence that the body itself is, is, is providing. Mm. And, uh, and, uh, and understand how the two things can, can, can go together. So, so this this is rather my my obsession since since my since my PhD, uh, and uh, as as a subtopic, uh, yeah, all, all that it's related to model-based control of soft robots, soft robotic hands, and uh, manipulation of soft objects. Mm -hmm. 
So if we wanted to break it down, first of all, what was the limitation? What limitation you had in your previous work? And you're planning to working on extend working and also challenges in a short term and long term. So let's speak first for limitation you had. What is the limitation? What were the limitation you had? Yeah, uh, I mean, there are so many. So, mm -hmm. um, so let's, if, if we want to, let, let's speak two of them. One, one it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty technical. But I think it's it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I I did some work in model-based control of soft robots, continuums of robots, while performing a dynamic a dynamic motion. So uh, let's say considering a full-fledged model model of the robot, and um, this requires since the robot is uh, infinite-dimensional, this requires to introduce some kind of uh, discretization of the of the in space of the robots for example using a piecewise constant curvature model or also other models but uh, are still a discretization and uh, use it to develop your controller and then uh, close the loop on the real system and what what i think from uh, a theoretical point of view is incredibly troubling of this approach i thought it works very well in the practice is uh, is that we are controlling an infinite dimensional system with a finite dimensional one so there is always a uh, uh, a part of the of the of the dynamics which is called uh, zero dynamics in the in the standard um, control nonlinear control literature that you are not really controlling so you you can you cannot have a fully equated system in the reality you always have these extra degrees of freedom that you are neglecting and i'm very interested in understanding from a deep theoretical point of view what is going on there while why all this uh, this this discretization works so well and on the on the other hand how to improve on this uh, on these uh, controllers on this discretization uh, when they stop working, when, when for some reason they, they do not work, understand why they do not work, and uh, and how we can we can correct it. But the, 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 there is really the need of a lot of I think theoretical effort in order to 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 get there, and I see a lot of uh, very cool potential applications there. Mm -hmm. That's 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 uh, a pretty technical one, and. If, if we want to, to go more on a high level instead on the body side, uh, we, we will also have this, this debate, so I don't want to spoiler uh, too much from for, for, for my, my point of view, but, uh, but I really think that, uh, that control theory is the right language to describe intelligence in the, in the, in the soft body. And, uh, and, but, and so what, what, what I, I am very interested in doing is to develop a, a, a language and a, a description of uh, in, intelligence in soft body through control theory and, and use tools of control to actually design the body of the robots to shape the, the potential field. The potential field of the robots and uh, and and I, I think that my 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 work so far in this direction I it's something but it was uh, uh, more case by case uh, and uh, and trying to solve the specific application every time while I I would like to take a more global view really in a kind of of physical artificial intelligence view to the problem. Great. And if I ask you for uh, challenges, maybe in a short term and long term, what your vision for the challenges you would have? I mean, uh, uh, control of soft robots is a it's a battlefield. There are mm. there are so many so many challenges. Uh, the, the theoretical uh, uh, the theoretical one I kind of already. Uh, said some of them uh, with, with which are some of them but um, th there are a lot of uh, t 
technical ones, which are to, to, to really put together systems which have, have that level of uh, reliability uh, on the actuation, on the sensing side, so you can really uh, perform closed-loop control with, uh, with a certain degree of uh, activity. And this, is, uh, and this is quite challenging. It is something that instead in classic robotic we have since many decades, and we have to get there also. In, in soft robots, so, I mean, to have the the Kuka or the Franca or the or the uh, I mean the the, the, the kind of uh, the, the 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 standard robot that we have now in our lab, the rigid kind. I think we really need to have uh, this the soft robotic counterpart of this of this system, so that uh, people can really start uh, doing algorithmic work without. Uh, needing a, a complete knowledge of mechanics and, uh, and stuff within the group. Because right now it's like this, no? you, you need to have all the expertise to build your robot by yourself and, and then you need the expertise to do algorithms, which it's kind, of, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to have together in a single group. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting point, and maybe someone could argue in that regard. So, for example, non-linearities can bring opportunities to soft robotics like buckling. However, do you think that traditional control that you mentioned sometimes can destroy the, the dynamics, natural dynamics of robotics? That I don't know if you, you are concerned about that or you think we still you in control, traditional control, you can develop what you want? Uh, I, I actually quite uh, uh, quite concerned about that. and. Uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 I spent some time during the, the, the PhD to focus on, uh, on, on, on this topic in terms, mostly in terms of uh, the interaction with the environment. So when you, when you build a soft robot, what you want is to be compliant. I mean, one of the many reasons why you do that is to be compliant with the interaction with the environment. But if you, then you want precision and somehow because you want to do stuff with your robot and then you close a loop. You either do that uh, through learning or through model base or to a, a simple PD. Still, you have to close, uh, you typically close a loop. And what comes out is that uh, when you close the loop, you make the robot rigid again. Mm. And uh, you can see it very easily from uh, from equations. And uh, but what you are doing uh, by making the robot precise by closed loop is by stiffening. You are you, you are basically stiffening it again. Mm. And uh, and I, I think this is something that uh, do not make sense uh, in 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 any in any way. And uh, and. And so, uh, but 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 I believe that, uh, and I partially showed it, and people are still working on it, that that you can design controllers that uh, that avoid this risk. So you can. It's 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 true. There, there are a lot of risk in using uh, in using uh, control, but 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 you have somehow to use it. You have to to be precise. You have to. Uh, to give to the robot a certain form of uh, of input so that uh, it does uh, it does uh, something, and uh, and even when you try to minimize the amount of uh, of of control that you put of explicit control that you put in your in your system, still you need to understand well the control problem because you have to do that in a way that it does not destroy all these nice physical characteristics. And so this is for me an argument to study more control theory applied mm. to soft robots, not to, to study it less. Interesting. So if I ask you what is the most misconception uh, you have witnessed while you work on soft robotics, maybe concerning to you or misconceptions you have witnessed? The, the biggest misconception is that uh, uh, controllers needs to be implemented using electronics and standard actuators and standard sensing. Mm. And uh, this is uh, control theory is really a mathematical language. It's a way of 
at describing intelligence in uh, motor intelligence in uh, dynamical systems. So you have a dynamical system, you want to to make it behave somehow. You have a certain way of uh, of acting on it, and you do that. But there is uh, the, the, the fact that then you do that by means of uh, a microprocessor, actuators, and sensor in classic robotics doesn't mean that this is the case always. And actually, the very first controllers uh, were were mechanical systems. So you may have, have seen it to the system, this kind of proportional regulator that were introduced during the the industrial revolution to to control the amount of the pressure of the vapor into into this this mechanical uh, systems they, they were completely mechanical closed loop systems and and i think that in soft robotics this should be very much uh, put back into the picture i think that uh, that in soft robotics what you are doing is to close a loop on a mechanical level by introducing elasticity. And if you look at the question, it's very clear that the elastic elements are, are an algebraic closed loop. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 you, and you can use control theory to, to study it. And, uh, it, and uh, while, while, while people usually think that control theory means uh, taking a microprocessor and uh, implementing a PI. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, I, have, I think I would like to discuss a question for you. Do you think that, again, I think that's related to what you said earlier, do you think when we develop uh, smart material, do you think we have to understand the physics happening inside the material? For example, physics-based modeling, do you think we have to go deeper or do you disagree with that? No, I, I mean, I, I think that people, for example, coming from theoretical mechanics, I mean, I, I, I will not uh, cite anyone because otherwise uh, I would forgot other ones, but, but I mean, I'm sure you can think a lot of very big names uh, doing very theoretical uh, mechanics stuff. But uh, in terms of, for example, studying the buckling, all these uh, uh, instabilities to perform like uh, jumps or explosive motions. But then the claim is that uh, then you don't need control. Mm -hmm. And what I instead think is that the two views are not opposite. They can be, uh, they, they need to be merged together. It's, uh, one, it's a view that, that is, comes from, uh, it's, theoretical mechanics, which is, uh, or from uh, material science, which is, is very basic, basic science. I mean, like uh, very ground, ground things, uh, very strong theoretical uh, basis and very nice uh, applicative uh, outcomes. Uh, and on the other end, you have control theory, which looks at the more at the point of view of dynamic systems, so how how this uh, this uh, this mechanical system behave in the time evolution. While in the other situation, we have often this often this quasi-static view to the to the to, to the problem. But they are just two point of view on the same problem on the same challenge. Mm -hmm. They are not opposites. Yeah, yeah. So. If I ask you for the modeling as well, because I, th I think that's something question we had all the time. If we had a simulation, sometimes it is really hard to make a physical robot. Sometimes physical robot. So, how do you see the gap between the simulation we have, uh, simulation approach for soft robotics, and what we have in reality? How do you see the gap recently? I uh, the, the result of course a big gap, uh, mm. but. Uh, I think that the, the, it, it was in in the last few years we have uh, very strong groups that are working hard on it, and uh, I see this gap uh, getting smaller and smaller. I will just like to clarify that although I propose some uh, maybe simple uh, simple model, dynamic model for soft robots, uh, the aim of my models were never been about simulating; they were about uh, 
controlling the robot, mm -hmm. which I think that in soft robots, uh, I, yeah, that's a, that's another misconception. I think uh, in rigid robots, we since they are simple, we can use the same models for simulating and for design model-based control. In soft robots, we cannot do that. I mean, at least this is my uh, this is what I think. It's uh, we have to de develop models tailored for simulations and models tailored for control. So in terms of model tailored for simulation, there have been a lot of uh, very cool results in the last few years. Again, I will not name anyone for, mm -hmm. for not forgetting anyone else, but but the, the, there are a lot of very strong groups working on it. And uh, of course, the, there are some, uh, some theoretical issues there, again, for the infinite dimensional dimensionality of the problem. Uh, but there are also some uh, some very deep practical issues which are related to the uh, an ideal behavior of the materials that we are using in soft robots. And uh, from the one end, we like these materials because they have all these strange and nice behaviors. But on the other hand, this uh, this makes the the not just the modeling but also the identification process very hard because you have. Uh, you could have two robots built with the same techniques, but presenting a, a completely different uh, behavior uh, due to some uh, small differences happened during the fabrication process. And I think this is a, this is a very, very strong challenge that we have in front of us to understand how to deal with all this variability that we have in soft robots. Great. So if I ask you to which level do you think the current soft robotics are intelligent and how you would see the maybe the optimum level you would reach to intelligence of robotics? Current soft robots are, are, are of course, are very intelligent. We, we, are, we are showing on, on a body level, uh, I, I, I thought very few control have been done, at least on the full dynamical sense. Um, they still able to perform uh, complex tasks, and this means that uh, their body is, uh, is is bringing to to the to the problem a lot a lot of intelligence. But I think, uh, I mean, what 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 we ho hope is is really to see for our system the same level of dexterity that we see in. Uh, Elephants or in octopuses, and uh, and and uh, this this require I think still uh, substantial research in terms of uh, design, both on a technological and a theoretical level, and and on control. Yeah. So since soft robotics interdisciplinary, do you think there's a challenges of speaking different language and how we can overcome the challenges that you have to speak with different background? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 also partially connected to what I was saying before. I mean, even uh, even if you take uh, the theoretical mechanical guys or and and the control theory guy or even the People doing control theory, people doing uh, simulations. We are all uh, talking this uh, mathematical language, but but uh, we don't understand each other. I mean, we are starting to understand each other, but uh, it's 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 not easy. And if you put into the picture the fact that this is uh, just a small niche within the big soft robotics community, it becomes uh, very very hard to to talk. I mean. Uh, there are people coming from chemistry, from biology, from all, all, all the different uh, kinds, all with their own idea of what a soft robot is and what a soft robot should be, and a different language to, to describe their ideas. And in this, in this regard, I think that efforts like uh, this podcast or all the, 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 the stuff that uh, the, the technical committee is doing, it's 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 very very important because we have we, the, all all these these things will will be solved. Uh, a language will be naturally created uh, by by working on the community by seeing the, all of us as a single community and uh, talk between each other and trying to understand each other. And uh, in that regard, I mean, I 
I I love soft, uh, Robosoft conference mm -hmm. because it's uh, and I'm very sorry. I mean, of course, there, there are a lot of other things to be sorry about, but uh, among them, I'm very sorry that this year yeah. I. Uh, we could we could not do that, but uh, it's 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 very cool because it's really uh, a conference that's the, where like no other in terms of uh, uh, the the differences of people that you can uh, that that you can meet and then you can be in person talk between each other and then you discover after talking for half an hour oh but I meant this by saying that and you meant these other things but now we understand each other and then we know that uh, when you say this uh, blah 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 mm -hmm. so it's it's very important in my opinion to have discussion to have in-person discussion to have virtual discussion and, uh, and to build a community yeah i agree with you and i think also given the current situation there's a new opportunities to have a hybrid model for conference for people who are not able yeah. to make it so there is also opportunities coming and hopefully for the future we will be have both. Uh, yeah. So I think this question is relatable here. How we can enable more inclusive culture around competitive ideas? Since we know that academia is highly competitive and there is a lot of severe competition sometimes, how we can mm -hmm. enable the inclusive culture around different ideas and competitive ideas? What we can do? Yeah, that's... That, that's probably the, the, the hardest question and, uh, and th 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 there is a lot of attention now in, uh, in uh, trying to understand how to be as inclusive as possible and I'm maybe not the, the, the best person to talk about it because I mean, I am, yeah, for several reasons, mm -hmm. I don't want to go into it, but, uh, but um, I uh, among the the, the, the a lot of uh, of different things that 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 we can do, and I completely endorse all of them to to increase to increase uh, inclu inclusivity. I think that this uh, this possibility that you mentioned about having hybrid uh, uh, hybrid conferences, or as much as possible when we get again in person to have uh, all the conference streamed online. Uh, to have the possibility for people to not necessarily attend, but maybe present also from abroad. If, I don't know if they, for example, prove that uh, they have some, uh, th their group uh, have some limitation mm -hmm. in, uh, in, in having them uh, go, because, because it's, it's a big financial, financial effort, which is uh, cutting out a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, developing countries from, uh, from the picture. And there are, there are people that are having uh, Amazing ideas that we are not hearing because uh, because because we are not allowed them allowing them to 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 to, to, to say them and I think that uh, and, and of course the, 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 there is there is big uh, big limitation uh, in, in in doing that that I completely understand for example it would be nice to have uh, to have uh, conferences in those uh, outside you Europe America America and uh, and Asia sometime, but but on, on on for example in Africa we don't have uh, almost no conference. But on the other hand, it's uh, uh, you you need in bigger and bigger places where to host all these people, and it's not. I mean, there are a lot of issues, and mm -hmm. uh, but but still, I I think that that with this uh, with this hybrid uh, uh, hybrid. Uh, way of doing conferences that we will have in the future we will we will have the opportunity to merge to merge the two things and to allow more and more people from uh, that that cannot cannot afford or for several reasons cannot come to the to the conference to and to to hear the, the, their voices mm -hmm. i think you said uh, very important questions and it's interesting to be considered for in future discussion thank you for that so um, I would like to ask this question again about what do you think maybe the opportunities for artificial intelligence for your work? What is the channel you think could be reinforce your work with artificial intelligence? Yeah, artificial intelligence, it's a, 
I think I think it's a very not well defined uh, mm. not 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 well defined topic. Uh, I mean, uh, in my view, artificial intelligence is uh, all kind of algorithms, all kind of. I mean, uh, all, all robotics is artificial intelligence because mm. we are building. A, intelligent system which are artificial so but uh, if we want to be more more specific and if we for example identify artificial intelligence with uh, machine learning mm -hmm. uh, which so the question becomes what which is the which are the opportunity of machine learning in, in soft robotics and i think they are as they as they are already proving they are enormous and uh, so data-driven techniques are, are really proving that, that they, can, uh, they can do things that we never expected uh, them to be able to do. On the other hand, I think that uh, we still have uh, understood a lot of science and, uh, and, and the world through the good old uh, first principle uh, uh, view of the world. And I think that uh, that a uh, big challenge for the future is to is to see how these two views can be combined. Uh, also outside uh, soft robotics and outside robotics, how you can uh, leverage on all this data and all these new ways of using them, but also using the the understanding of the world that we we and of the mathematics and all the. Uh, the, the the standard way of attacking the problems that that mm -hmm. uh, uh, created our our civilization so far. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, for example, machine learning, some algorithm like black box modeling, and in soft robotics, we need somehow level of understanding and trust this algorithm. What going to do? Of course, not to solve everything, but and that's something like trade off between the black box model for machine learning and and other side of model we have. For soft robotics, where we need somehow to understand how the, the system is behaving, so I don't know how you see this this trade-off between two systems. Yeah, it's 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 really a big a big uh, I think a big research research question, and uh, we again, also in this in this direction we are starting to see more and more work also outside outside robotics about how to. To, to merge the, the two view uh, of course there are there are simple simple way to do that for example you can uh, you can think of a model based algorithm design it or standard algorithm design it and then uh, and then uh, apply it to the system and then train another another part that can uh, compensate for mismatches of the for small errors that that's the model base one is is having but uh, and, and I think it is very interesting to go in this direction but I don't think it's uh, it's what we really need to do I think we re really need to have uh, to to have the more and more techniques that that uh, that incorporate at the same time data driven and uh, uh, and, uh, and and model-based stuff without just having two algorithms that are applied together on the system. Really have uh, them in, into in, into into a same uh, same framework, which which, yeah. is, which is quite hard because both uh, both views of the world aim of uh, completely disregarding the other. So model model-based technique have. Uh, have no interest on data and data data driven models have few interest on uh, the data driven system have few interest on model of course this is a big simplification but uh, but this is uh, how often it is and uh, yeah yeah so um, if i are closer to the end i want to have a few questions first one is as you now will be a leader for a group so how you can you and with team of course how you ensure that soft robotics developed will be beneficial to humanity as a whole. You have a grant for four or five years. How you make sure the outcome will align with what will be beneficial to the community or people? How you make sure this happen? Yeah. So if you, 
I, I I take very seriously this uh, mm. this 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 these topics and uh, and so I I don't think that it's uh, it's it's possible to answer them in a in a deep deep way in, without spending hours on on them. But I I can maybe try to to say something. There are of course soft robotics gives. Uh, uh, unmatched possibility of fabricating things which are low cost and not dangerous, and uh, and and so I I think that uh, by understanding more and more about uh, about why soft robots work so well. Uh, we can uh, simplify them more and more, and reach a level in which we can uh, we can really have a very low cost uh, system that can easily build using additive manufacturing and uh, and be helpful for all people around the world that can uh, uh, very easily build by themselves devices to improve the quality of their lives. And uh, a, uh, a, a very direct application of, of this of this point of view is the healthcare one. Of course, you can build uh, exoskeletons or maybe prosthesis and, uh, and uh, in, a, in a very cheap way if we if we compare them with the with the standard way to, to do them in a very safe way, uh, without needing super expensive uh, mm -hmm. sensors and actuators, but I think I think this this will uh, will be will, will will go beyond this this application and uh, will will reach all kind of field of application of uh, of robotics with new low cost. Uh, version a soft robotics version that people will be able to to develop yeah. by their own that's a good uh, approach yeah so do you think ego is important for the researcher yes i think it is um, mm. why it's uh because uh you need to have a very big ego to think that the the things that you thought and you wrote on a piece of paper will be of interest for humanity mm. and so to do that step to say okay this is these eight pages these six pages these 20 pages would make a paper that it's worth to share and uh, and uh, to other people to read i think it's uh, it's the ultimate. Uh, it's 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 it's, uh, it's the ultimate uh, expression of a big ego. But it's it's something that you always have in cre creative works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really um, um, we have to be careful here because I, I think um, ego sometimes is misinterpreted in 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 not a good way. I mean. Yeah, of course, of course, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm, I am being uh, extreme. Of course, there is a. Uh, uh, this this goes often, uh, yeah. very often, uh, too far, and then people start to be uh, too much self uh, self directed and uh, think that are be better than the, mm. the rest of the world, maybe because they had some success. And this is uh, a very big peril that we should uh, uh, each each one of us should be very careful because it's uh, about because it's something that. Uh, I, I think these are very dangerous situations because I, I guess that very often people that have uh, uh, too much of an ego do not uh, realize it, and uh, but they are being very harmful to a lot of other to to, to, to other people. So I think that the one has to find the right trade-off to say, okay, I am uh, uh, what I'm doing. It's 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 worth sharing. I am. Uh, uh, I am cool enough to do something that would be of interest of the work, but do not go beyond and say I am the coolest guy in the room and uh, uh, everyone else is. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And if I ask you what do you think the most important uh, quality you have gained while you work in academia, you think something you have to maintain, important quality. 
to work in a group with uh, with uh, different people uh, and uh, and to hear them uh, to 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 really listen to all the ideas and to to not try to 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 be too assertive and uh, to say this is how things has to, has to be done and this is, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 really try to 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 understand all the small uh, uh, differences that comes from uh, from different cultures and different uh, histories even uh, from people from the different places and different situations just different histories and I think that uh, research academic research and uh, and specifically soft robotics for all the reason that we said before put you in a in a so I mean still not enough but quite diverse environment in terms of culture in terms of kind of people that you can see and uh, it's it has been very important to me to learn more and more and this is this is an ongoing process of course to to work with uh, with all these different people yeah. and discuss with them. Yeah. And finally, what was the best advice I was given to you as a personally, a professionally, and was a life changing for you? Uh, that, um, that there have been a lot, a lot of good ones, but... Uh, uh, Maybe one. One, one that, uh, that, that has been... Uh, important for me is to that that came from uh, from my phd supervisor antonio bicchi he was to always think of the experiments mm. as you said uh, as as you said uh, as i said before i, I am uh, as attitude a quite uh, theory oriented guy and i always try to avoid uh, uh, going in the, into the the real world and uh, and they always said uh, to me, Cosimo, pay attention because uh, you can lose yourself into into theory and come up uh, with all the nicest thing, but uh, things has to work in the real world and has to really be useful for people and uh, and, and 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 so do a lot of experiments. That's a good advice. Thanks so much, Cosimo. I think I've, I really enjoyed this discussion. Thanks so much for us. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you so much.